Hey, it's Thursday, which means we're coming at you with a short feel-good story from a past guest. Hope you enjoyed the clip. This week, Annika Sorenstam. So uh, coming to America, yep. uh, 1990, you board a flight in Stockholm. When you get to Tucson, how much did it just seem like you were arriving on another planet? Yeah, it was very, it was very different. Uh, I was, I was by myself. I had two suitcases and one golf bag, and I really didn't know, didn't know anybody. I'd met the coach very briefly, but also I was very excited. You know, I was here. I have a chance to pursue my career. I had this opportunity to, to learn English, new experiences, play golf around. Just, I was very excited about all those positive things. Uh, being a freshman and. You know, it was, I didn't know what NCAA was. I didn't know, I mean, I hadn't gone on a recruiting trip. It was very, very different. What did your roommate's dad do when he saw what you showed up with? Well, I mean, first of my roommate, um, she came with a U-Haul. You know, <laughs> she, and here, you know, dorms are probably as big as this chair and yours together. So I was literally in this little corner. Uh, but, you know, he was very helpful. He said, I think you need some stuff. And I said, well, you know, just, I didn't have any blankets, I didn't have any pillows, I didn't have any sheets, so he says, let me take you, and I've never seen such a big store in my life. I mean, it was massive warehouse. And I, all of a sudden, I just kind of forgot what everything was called, and I remember, I, I told him, I need one of these. You know, like, he goes, a pillow. <laughs> so he helped me to get all that. When uh, you first failed to qualify for the LPGA mm -hmm. tour at Q School, any truth to the fact that you initially doubted your decision to pursue golf? I mean, I'm sure it was there, you know, because I actually thought, oh, this was the end of my career, you know, like, really? where, where am I going to play? You know, I've been in America now for two years, and and uh, so, you know, I think I felt a little sorry for myself for a few moments, and, you know, you just kind of get a little grumpy, and, and then I said, okay, well, you can, I mean, you choose your path in life, so it's like enough being grumpy, let's just kind of look at the opportunities. I'm always, I believe that things happen for a reason, and uh, so I practice in the winter, just, you know, working hard, thinking if I can get my game in where it needs to be, then maybe I will get another chance to, to go to tour school. And then I got invited to three tournaments uh, that spring, and that got me fired up. And now I was like, now I didn't have any doubts anymore. And I remember just, you know, I made a big check, and I was like, wow, this is, wow, that was kind of my budget for the year. Now I have zero pressure. Now I can just go play. And then I think it was top 90. So I was top 90 on the money list, so therefore I got the card for the following year. How crucial was how you dealt with that adversity with you know, not qualifying at Q school to your eventual success? Yeah, I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that, first of all, that I didn't, I didn't get my card right away, you know, because I was, I had won NCAAs as a freshman, and I finished second the following year, and I had won, I think, seven college tournaments. So you think this is a lock, right? You know, but it, but it's not. I mean, it's very competitive, and and uh, it's it's important to share that story because I mean, I think we all have our ups and downs, and but I think it's the way you approach it, your attitude, and and what you do with your situation. Uh, your work ethic and your thought process when you, you were playing, uh, starting with your work ethic, just going back to a now kind of famous story when you were a kid out playing, it starts raining. Yeah, I was 14 or 15 and it was cold and uh, I just didn't want to be there on the driving range and I remember calling my dad, you know, can you pick me up? We drove away and, and I remember there were some other kids uh, hitting balls in the rain and, and my dad turned to me just 
and he would say, you know, Annika, I just want you to know there are no shortcuts to success. And if you want to go somewhere in life, you have to put in the time. And, you know, nobody else is going to hit balls for you. And not every day is going to be sunny and shiny and, and positive. So I think, you know, that was one of the things that you carry with you. And it's like, you know what? Here I'm dreaming big about being something. And then I'm just the one I put in the work. It's like that doesn't go together. When you were on tour, you generally avoided socializing with other players. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know if I avoided socializing. I think it was more, you know, I took my job very seriously. You know, I, um, I practice a lot. I mean, that, you know, my, that's all I did, morning to night. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was just very disciplined. So, you know, I go, bed, I go to bed early. You know, the goal wasn't to go out there and, and have the most friends. It was more, okay, I'm gonna, this is my job. You know, I just realized that my schedule was different than others and it was just very difficult. So, you know, I realized that, you know, I need to really do this kind of on my own. And then you said before the journey to the top mm -hmm. was a lonely one. Yeah, I, very disciplined, very organized, very, you know, consistent. And, uh, you know, I, I, I knew that that's what it would take for me to be at the top was to be, focused was to be you know not have distractions and and so I was you know as far as scheduling I mean this was practice this was tournament and this was relaxing time and when it was relaxing or rest time then I hooked up with friends and it's just learning how to turn it on and turn it off because that's what I, I think one of my strengths was I was able to be focused every time I played. The height of uh, you know, your career, you had, the, you know, three low scoring seasons and the history of the LPGA from, uh, you know, 01 to uh, 05, you enter 104 tournaments, finish in the top three 67 times, win 43 times. I want to take you back to that first U.S. Open mm -hmm. uh, victory, though. Um, I, I think you called your parents right mm -hmm. afterwards who weren't even able to watch the tail end of it uh, on TV. Um, what did you say? Well, I mean, I, I had a tissue box next to the U.S. Open trophy. I mean, it was just, you know, calling them and thanking them, you know, loving them. And I think there's certain moments in your life when you kind of reflect more than others, you know, and that I wish they would have been there. They've been with me from the very beginning. I try to share some stories and laughs and cries and just include them because without them, I wouldn't be there. After you win, you board a Southwest flight from, yes. I think, Colorado Springs to Phoenix. The, the flight attendant gets yeah, on so the, the loudspeaker the, yeah, announces so the you. captain, I heard him in the loudspeaker saying, we just want to congratulate, you know, the, the newest U.S. Open winner. Um, and um, I was I finally was like, wow, it's me. I'm nervous. You know, that's, and I never really bring attention to me. It's more just, um, <laughs> you know, just being there. So that was yeah. quite different, but you know, I. I, I'm thankful. It was nice. It was a nice thing. I just wasn't used to it because then the phone started ringing. I got home. I had all these messages and the commissioner called and this and this. All of a sudden they wanted to know this young Swede, you know, she's 24. What does she like to eat? Who does she hang out with? You know, all, all of a sudden it was like all this personal stuff and, you know, who's she dating? And it was like, I, I wasn't prepared for that. I had prepared to hit seven irons. I had prepared to make putts, but not like all of a sudden be on front covers of golf magazines right. and and just kind of be the topic. <laughs> we'll be back with another positive story from a past interview next Thursday, and we'll pull it from our highest performing clips according to our digital community. Head over to youtube.com slash Graham Bensinger to join us. Thanks again for listening.